This summer, your local movie theater transforms into a tent revival for sharing Jesus. Join Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign, inviting unsaved loved ones to experience The Firing Squad, a new evangelistic movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. Witness the true story that made worldwide headlines, American prisoners discovering faith in Christ while awaiting execution for their crimes in a third world country, transforming their lives and the entire prison in the process. After the movie and before the credits roll, Kevin Sorbo will come on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ. Visit FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how to get free tickets and more for your unsaved loved ones and become part of this unique event. Bring friends, family, and your faith. Learn more at FiringSquadFilm.com. That's FiringSquadFilm.com. You want the real response on the Tucker Carlson tapes? I, I think we I think we nailed it. I think we nailed it. You don't want to miss a second of today's podcast. Brought to you by Relief Factor. Going about your daily life when you're living with pain is, I mean, it sucks. It's easier to give up than continue walking up that hill. I know the feeling. I've, I've had severe pain for years, never quite finding the, the right way to get rid of it until I found Relief Factor. And it was my wife who said, you got to take Relief Factor. <clears throat> Actually, she was hoarse, I guess, when she said that. Um, it is possible to live your best life. Do what my wife told me to do and try it. Just try it. Three-week quick start, 1995, trial pack, hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, 70% of them go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or call 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. All right, so in case you didn't see the... um, Tucker Carlson videotapes last night, they were released by the GOP, uh, McCarthy, who is as GOP as GOP gets. Um, So they were released to Tucker Carlson. I'd like to see more. I think they should all be released every last second of it so we can all go through it. I'm sure there's things in there that are bad, but I bet you we've seen the worst of the worst, but maybe not. Um, but we haven't seen what we saw with Tucker Carlson. I think it's safe to assume we've seen the worst. Yeah, I think I, it I is, I can't too. imagine if they had worse footage than oh, we've I know. seen. And some of it is bad. We can't forget that. No, it is bad. But I, I'm for the yeah. people who are breaking down the windows and everything else. I'm for those guys going to jail. But I'm also mm-hmm. uh, for Ray Epp going to jail i'm for the guy who they just can't figure out who he was at the top of the tower going to jail oh, yeah. who was coordinating things i am for the pipe bomb bomber being found and go to jail right. i'm for actual justice i'm also at this point for possibly police and fbi agents if they were involved them going to jail as well here's the problem We're seeing evidence now that is shockingly different than what the January 6th committee was exposing. And I don't want to rehash January 6th. I do want to make sure if you're in jail and you didn't have a right to defend yourself because of national security, now that that national security tape is out, 
uh, and it changes your case, your case, and quite frankly, and I say this not wanting to because there are some people, I'm sure, that do belong in jail over this. But when in doubt, let them go. You cannot have a corrupt district attorney, a corrupt system exposed and then just, ah, well, maybe that guy. No, I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. You got to let him go. And I hate that. I hate that because some people should pay for a crime. But that's the way our system works. But let me ask you, how does our system work? How does it work? How has it worked in the last 100 years? Who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? I'd like that answer. I'd like that answer. Did our administration go around Congress and do a secret op against the Constitution of the United States, against international law, and blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? I want to know. Because our sons and daughters are going to be asked to fight soon. Mark my words. They will be asked to fight soon because of that. I want to know, did we do it? You know, people have been saying, government had advanced knowledge of 9-11, you know, to attack America. I've never believed that. I've never believed that. But I do believe the federal government and the presidents, presidents, not just Bush, but also the Clintons. I do believe something was going on. Otherwise, why would Sandy Berger go into the National Archives, take anything related to Saudi Arabia and 9-11, and try to sneak it out in his underpants. Now, you know, we have documents. We, we have surely the scans of those documents that he took. How come we've never seen them? Huh, because you don't have a national security clearance, nor do I. Whose country is this? There is corruption from the top. Who killed JFK? I have mocked conspiracy theorists on this my entire life. Well, we now know that the CIA had engaged Lee Harvey Oswald for something. He was on the payroll for something. I don't know if they told him to kill, but they knew who he was. Did Nixon know about Watergate? Did Reagan know about the Iran-Contra affair? Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? Listen, this is not like, you know, we need a national divorce. No, no, this isn't like a divorce because somebody's been cheating on you. You're married and you find out that your spouse has cheated on you. And maybe, maybe if you can hold it together, you go to couples counseling, but you have to work through it and try to restore your faith in one another and just say it was a one-time lapse in judgment, and I think they've truly changed. This has gone on for decades, and it has been in our face for the last 15 years. The last two years have been overwhelming. Hundreds of incidences of infidelity. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Were you? No, no, 
No, never. I would never cheat. Well, here's the evidence. I mean, it's actually stains on your dress. Oh, you conspiracy theory. That's a conspiracy theory. I am completely innocent. Here. And then that spouse lines up hundreds of people, all of your friends who are part of it, who you've you've respected and expect them to tell you the truth. They're in with it with your spouse and they have done everything they can to keep it a secret, keep you and deceive you for years, making you feel like the guilty one because you've accused this innocent spouse. That's mental and emotional abuse. They're putting people through physical abuse. Some of these guys, like the, uh, you know, the horned guy from January 6th, I think that, that, that is truly a political prisoner that is all trumped up nothing, it seems. If I'm walking into, depending on how he got in, if he broke a window, then he's got that. There is, but there's for some footage four of four yeah. years, right? It, it, the term seems completely wrong. Even if he did, he supposedly followed in some people who broke the door down okay. soon after. Okay, but still, so still, once he was in, as this video shows, he cops, was being escorted around. Yes, the four cops years seems absurd. Escorted him, opened the door to the Senate chamber for him. What the hell is that? Every, every member of the January 6th committee should be immediately impeached. Now, that doesn't mean removed from office. That means a trial. They should immediately be impeached. And if it was determined that they lied under oath in Congress about the facts that they knew to be false... They should be prosecuted, convicted, never allowed to hold office, removed from office, and go to jail. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Joseph McBride is an attorney that is defending many of the January 6th prisoners. Um, he, uh, He got involved because his brother... Anthony had a wrongful conviction, uh, and so he kind of uh, understands where people uh, live. We welcome him to the program now. Joseph, hi. How you doing, Glenn? Good <laughs> to be here. Thank you for uh, having me on. You bet. Okay, so I'm sure you watched the, uh, the tapes come from uh, uh, Tucker Carlson last night. Of course. Yeah. Um, or... or uh, or, or do these exonerate anyone? So that's a, that's a great question. And in order for somebody to be exonerated uh, with regard to these tapes, you'd have to say, well, how did the denial of their av- availability uh, prejudice the trial to the extent where the outcome would have been different uh, if they would have had this information uh, beforehand? So if you look at the example of Jacob Chansley's case last night, yes. right? Uh, famously known as the QAnon shaman, uh, widely called an insurrectionist, a leader of a mob, so on and so forth. You know, um, the Viking who led the breach of the Capitol. Right. Nothing could have been further from the truth. Had the defense attorney and had Mr. Chansley had access to the footage that we saw last night, 
from the inception of this case, would the outcome have been different? Right? <laughs> yes. So, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, there is no way that he fits those, those, uh, um, parameters, what what they're saying, leading a, a wild band and insurrections. He got in. He was let into the chamber by the police. They open the door for him. And then he gets up and he prays, you know, for the police who let him in. I mean, I, I didn't see I see crazy, you know, just based on his outfit. Um, but, you know, when are you? Sonny and Cher would have been in jail until this day had they been arrested for stupid outfits. Uh, so, uh, I mean, what do you what what do you have on this guy? He, I mean, well, it, it doesn't match with what they were saying. Th- that, that is exactly right. So there's there's two forms of entrapment, right? There's old school entrapment when you think about a a government agent inducing somebody to commit a crime, and then there's entrapment by estoppel. An entrapment by estoppel is when a citizen makes a reasonable reliance on the representations of a person in the government, either by words or, or, or by some publication by somebody who's perceived to be in the government, that your actions are okay. And when you have the Capitol Police walking you through the building, the inference is that you uh, believe that you should be there. Otherwise, they would tell you to get the hell Correct. out. And th- since they're giving you the grand tour, why not ask them for a backstage pass? That's exactly what they did in the case of Jacob Changley. And then they, and then they entrapped him because of it. They threatened him with years and years and years in jail. And very much like my brother, what happened to my brother, they forced him into taking a very unfair plea before he had the time to process the information that should have been available to him on day one. So, um, Joe, you know, we were we've been talking about this today because I I know when there is a case where a district attorney has, you know, trumped up evidence or held evidence back, they will go after uh, uh, the attorney. But then also they will overturn or at least release the prisoners because it it's in question now. And they usually don't do it just with one. If there's a pattern, they'll do it with everyone that that person ever, you know, put behind bars. It, it, do I have that right? And and could that happen because of this? So yeah. So if you if you think about like when I, when I first uh, when I was in law school when I was an intern I was at the Innocence Project for a year and a half. In those cases, you think about a guy he did 30 years in jail for rape and murder. And then he gets exonerated through DNA evidence because the DNA evidence points to another wrongdoer. And that person is sprung out of jail immediately because there's a scientific certainty that he was innocent. That's a grave injustice. And boom, he gets let out. He sues for millions of dollars. Right. And he wins. In other cases, you have motions like like in Jacob Chansley's case that can be filed that says, hey, listen, despite the fact that he took a plea, his continued incarceration offends the most basic sensibilities of fair play and justice. This guy has to get out because keeping him in jail is fundamentally unjust. We have this new available information that was previously not made available to him at the time of trial. And because we know the truth now, you got to get him out. So his lawyers need to file a motion for him 
to get him out because he doesn't belong there. He should be released. His incarceration is unjust. This is purposeful. It is malicious on behalf of the federal government. Tucker used the Jacob Chansley case as a wonderful example to give clear and convincing evidence about one guy's injustice. But let me tell you right now, Glenn, I can tell you for certain that this has happened to hundreds of men who have been charged with these cases. And quite honestly, when you have the federal government saying, we're going to put you away for a decade, um, you know, that, and, and you can't get access to anything that shows the videotape of you not doing those things, you would be uh, probably pretty wise, or at least at that time when you're thinking about it, you know what, I'll just take the two years or three years. I'll just plead guilty. Is that, now going to be used against you 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 said uh, you were guilty it can be used against you but again when you you can go back and you can say yes i i took that plea i made that decision but if i would have had this information okay all right it would have been different okay so now you've been representing uh many of the uh january 6th defendants did you have access? Did you ask for access? And what happened with the tapes? How come How come you didn't have all this stuff? So for the first year, uh, basically for, for 2021, we were told that this is the biggest investigation in the history of the Department of Justice. And because of Holy that, crap. they weren't able to get a handle on all the material. So they slow drifted to us, drip by drip by drip. Meanwhile, during that time, they took all of this information that they had and in bulk turned it over to the January 6th committee. And we saw this very dramatic publication that they did to indoctrinate the American public in the D.C. jury pool to proffer this narrative to, to incriminate former President Trump and everybody who went to the Capitol that day. We didn't get the material that Congress had until almost a year later, and we still only have about half of it. So the very short answer to your question is, hell no, we did not have that stuff on time. So what does this mean to you? What are you going to do? Who, who are you representing, and, and you know, what are their, their cases that do you think they'll be, you'll be able to uh, uh, overturn them? So that's a great question. So I I represent multiple people accused with January 6th related crimes. I also represent people who have been targeted by the DOJ as witnesses subpoenaed in the investigation against President Trump and some people who were subpoenaed by the January 6th committee um, as well. Uh, For instance, I took Alex Brucewitz before the January 6th committee, one of my clients, and he pled the fifth 105 times, told them to go to hell. Other people who have been indicted don't have that luxury. So for instance, in the case of Richard Barnett, the guy who uh, famously had his feet up on Speaker Pelosi's desk, listen, we had a two-week trial, a two-week trial, and the jury convicted him in less than two hours of every crime charge. We proffered defenses in that case that gave absolute defenses to crimes. There's no way that he should have been convicted of most of those crimes beyond a reasonable doubt. But because the January 6th committee and President Biden with his with his, you know, pejorative terms about MAGA Republicans has poisoned the jury pool beyond repair, we stood no chance. So the fact that the D.C. jury pool has been damaged beyond repair, that's grounds for appeal. Regarding what's happening now, we're getting ready to try Ryan Nichols' case. He's a decorated Marine Corps veteran, search and rescue specialist, honorably discharged. 
PTSD from his service, two years, almost two years on a regular basis in solitary confinement. This information just came out. We pumped the brakes. We said, hey, judge, we need time. I personally begin access to go through this material by Speaker McCarthy's office. We need time to go through this material. We need a continuance. You can't let us go to trial knowing that this information is now available. We are expecting to hear back any day on whether or not the judge is going to give us a continuance in that case. But we believe that the only decision is to give us a continuance, given what's been made available to the public at this point. He's in solitary confinement for two years? He was. I got him out. Uh, I got him out. Uh, and the judge who let him out, Thomas Hogan, who was the most senior judge on the bench, uh, Jeez. You know, he, he, he retired uh, a month later, which I, I wonder if they, you know, I, I, I find that to be convenient. But, you know, yes, he was out in two years. They drove him to suicide watch. And while he was on suicide watch, they strapped him to a uh, table uh, in a Tyvek suit in, in a very cold room. And they left the lights on for days at a time. Oh, my gosh. Said, Why don't you just kill yourself? Are you still suicidal? Do you want to kill yourself? And if he said, yes, I'm still suicidal, they left him there and they continued to torture him. If they said no, then they said, okay, this guy's fine. And they put him back in, in, in the pod with the rest of the guys. The way that these guys have been treated is egregious. When the truth comes out about the way that the D.C. gulag system has treated these men pre-trial before any finding of fact, it is going to shock the American conscience forever. How, how, how far gone is our system? I mean, I see the police escorting these people around and uh, just what little I saw from the tapes, assuming that it's all in context. Uh, I mean, this is this is just horrific what has happened here. It, it, it truly is horrific. And when you think about the term insurrectionist, the term insurrection, no one's been charged with insurrection. So why are they using the term insurrectionist? Why are they using the term domestic terrorist? They are using that term because it is analogous to using the N-word to black people. And what I mean about that is the term insurrectionist is designed to subhumanize and therefore subconstitutionalize an entire class of people. If you look at that person, you say, yeah, he's really not an American. He's an insurrectionist. He's a traitor. He's a terrorist. Therefore, the Constitution doesn't apply to him. Once the Constitution doesn't apply to you, then you can lock them up, torture them inside, and throw away the key. And the only time that we have seen that in recent memory is Guantanamo Bay, is Japanese internment camps, and it's slavery. And that is what they're doing. They are subconstitutionalizing and subhumanizing white Christian Trump supporters simply because of who they are, the color of their skin, and what they believe in. Joseph McBride, founder of the McBride Law Firm, located in New York City. He has been uh, defending many of the January 6th prisoners. Um, Thank you. And Joseph, please stay in touch. Let us know how we can help. God bless you, Glenn. God bless you. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Winsome Earl Sears. And I love the I'm guessing, but I love the fact that Earl is there because of your love for your dad. Yes, he yeah. didn't have any sons. And so I guess I'm the son he never had. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have I have uh, three daughters mm. and, uh, um, you know, I've I've always wondered myself, where is my name? going to go? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But I do have a son now. Uh, so Winsome, welcome to the program. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you for having me. You and 
I'm so glad to be here with you and and Stu and it's and your listeners. You know, yeah. um, again, this is not something I'd ever thought I'd be doing ever. <laughs> what What were you doing? Oh, everything and anything. The last thing I was doing was my business, and I had an appliance repair, plumbing, and electric company. And you know, folks would call in and they want to talk to Mr. Sears, and I'd say, "You're speaking to him," <laughs> you know, but. You know, I, I I I had my own business, and the former administration, a Democratic governor, uh, decided COVID policies would mean shutting businesses down in Virginia. And thankfully, he declared that businesses like mine were essential. And so, but we had to have uh, a letter from the king to say we could be out in case we were stopped Jeez. by the sheriff. I mean, what kind of medieval stuff is All this, right. you know? Yeah. And people lost their businesses, so... Um, but mine um, gathered along until other policies adopted through COVID shut it down. And so then you ran for... Uh, ran for lieutenant governor. And here I am today talking with you because I think people got fed up. Yeah. And we couldn't have won without Democrat support. We couldn't have won without independent support because, right. you know, you can have loyalty to a political party all you want. But when you're affecting my child's life yeah. in their education, especially the yeah. foundation, all bets are off. I know. I, I, I you know, I, I don't understand, especially with what came out yesterday about the January 6th stuff. I don't understand how people are loyal to the party more than they are loyal to the principles of the Bill of Rights. I mean, you mm. you were at CPAC and you said mm -hmm. it's not, what was it, 1964? 1963 when my dad came and there were real dog whistles when black people really couldn't live where they wanted to. Right. And yet, you know, he still persevered to the point where even though he only came with a dollar seventy-five, now because he got a good education, he's comfortably retired. Huh. So it's not 1963 when it's, he first came, it's 1984. People, where some animals are more equal than others. than others. So it is. It's terrifying to me that a good portion of the population, I don't think, sees this, or maybe they're seeing it through um, party eyes, to where they think, "Oh well, this this isn't going to affect me." When it comes to schools, mm -hmm. it's affecting all of us, and it is so dangerous. And there hasn't been any new information out that shows, oh, no, having drag queen shows, you know, mm -hmm. for your kindergartner, that's mm -hmm. totally fine. We were been wrong about that since the beginning of time. You know, um, Teddy Roosevelt said to educate a man without morals is to educate a menace to society. And that's sort of what we're seeing. There are no morals anymore. And so anything goes. I mean, women who have been fighting for rights of all kinds for so long, what do we have? We abdicated those fights because I'm looking at certain things. We're negating women in sports, natural born women in sports, in fashion. They're hiring men to sell women clothes. Hmm. Uh, they're hiring men to sell women beauty products, hiring Men in leadership positions. Look at what what's her name? Uh, she's National Health. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Rochelle. Yeah, what's her name? Whatever. Uh, Rochelle, yes. something or other. Yeah. Yes, and and yeah. and foisting these things on us in the arts, in the movies, they're hiring men in f to play female positions. Not only that, there was a news story that just came out yesterday. I can't remember what it is. Maybe it's always feminine products. Yes, and Hi it's a guy. Yes, it's a Hi guy. 
selling menstrual products to women. Women, where are you? Where are the rights that we fought for? Are, are we just going to let this go? That Do you not recognize right from wrong? Can we not tell what a woman is anymore? So, you know, up is down, right is wrong. The whole world is turned upside down. And if we don't get a grip, this is going to change our whole nation because as another uh, Republican said, and it's attributed, I believe, to Abraham Lincoln, the philosophy of the classroom in one generation is the philosophy of government in the other. You are looking at what we've been teaching our children mm-hmm. in the schools. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, uh, I, I still feel like we could... Um, we can still win. We can still revive yes. America. It's going to be hard. The longer we wait, the harder it's going to become. Um, however, w- let's just take schools. I, m- my phrase later is, have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? Restore the factory settings. Hmm. Um, I mean, we just have to shut things down and start from scratch. They're hmm. so screwed up now. Well, you know. In Virginia, uh, by law, the children are required to have, from K through 12, 990 hours of public school instruction. That equates to about 13,000 hours in public schools. Think about that. What are they learning? Because parents and and guardians, if your child is under public instruction all 13,000 hours, and how long do you have them? Mm -hmm. And so that's one reason why we're saying Parents have to take responsibility. These are our children. We don't co-parent with the government. We give them to the government to say, teach them the history, the math, everything that they're going to need, how, uh, how to read and write, and leave the morals to us. We don't want you to teach them those things. We will teach them. That's our. But they have failed at that. Education has, you know, we stopped phonics. We we mm. we're failing. Our kids can't read. Their math scores are going mm-hmm. down. Um, that that doesn't make for a strong country. Just that, and then we're introducing grievance and and mm-hmm. uh, you know. And and we're saying that you you see the violence that's in schools nowadays, and everybody's wondering how did that happen. Well, let's examine that. When we're telling one group of children that through CRT, Marxism, socialism, that you, black children, Latino children, you're oppressed, and these white students over here, they're the oppressors, they and their families, and their, yeah, then what do you think is going to happen to the morale? And so you see well, that. I mean, we, we know that's what happened to the Jews in Germany. Mm-hmm. The, the kids started separating mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. and picking on, and then mm-hmm. they didn't have a problem when they went away. We're, the kids are resegregating themselves. Yes. And some of Crazy. our schools are already resegregated because you have all black schools and, and they're not learning. And so that's one reason why I put in my ESA bill, you know, education success accounts, so that parents could finally make that decision that we want our child to learn differently and not all... Everything doesn't fit one, you know, so all, you, all children. You f- have said that this is the most important thing you could do. And even if it just means you're never reelected again, you don't care. Yeah. Um, You've got to be willing to lose. Our biblical, uh, our prophets, they were willing to lose. You know, we just talked about uh, or just came through Esther, the Feast of Purim, mm-hmm. where she said, if I perish, I perish. Of course, yeah. she had to be reminded of that. Right. Like, girlfriend, don't think you're, you're right. safe right. if you remain silent. Right. 
So what are the things that you're trying to get passed in Virginia? Well, we tried to get the ESA through this year, and uh, and and uh, it did not pass. But is you that know, because of the teachers' unions? The teachers' unions—they uh, produce a lot of money for the Democrat side and uh, give them talking points. And if they know what's good for them, the Democrats who are elected, they will toe the line. Otherwise, they find people to primary them. I have heard that the teachers' union in from other states, the teachers' unions are so active and they can turn people out. And then mm-hmm. the average person is kind of silent. Yeah. So that politician is like, I, I have no I have no backing, mm-hmm. even though they would. Mm-hmm. They don't think they do. Except we had polls in Virginia to show that there was a super majority of parents and that included Democrats and independents, not just Republicans, to say that they wanted to be able to, to decide to send their children to any school that they wanted to. And so we're saying you can do both. If you want to send your child to public schools, do that. Private schools, do that. Homeschool, do that. Charter schools, do that. Whatever it is. But the decision must rest with the parent. This is the new Brown versus Board of Education fight. This is the redlining that we're trying to avoid. And, you know, we keep hearing the pushback from the Democrats is, well, this is a program for uh, the rich kids. Glenn, do we know that rich parents are not waiting for a government program to decide where to send their children to school? We know that, right? Yeah. Right. So that's a losing argument. And you know who's not listening to that anymore? We found uh, black parents in, in urban districts and rural districts and white parents and urban and rural Latino and everybody to come to our education committee subcommittee to tell these people these Democrats that they want to make that decision we had one mother say I'm working three jobs to keep my child in the school that I want him in and you know what the Democrat um, uh, elected leader said to her "Well, well I'm worried about the kids who are not going to take this opportunity excuse me you, Mr. Delegate, you send your children to where? Private schools. Right. If you're so worried, why don't you take them out of the private schools and put them in the public schools? And by the way, he's a public school teacher. So he doesn't have any faith in the public school system. Wow. Hi- hypocrisy. Where you? Then we had another one who's another Democrat who looked at these mothers. One mother came. She's black. And she said, my child was so bullied. And I begged them to move him and they wouldn't and he committed suicide he's an eighth grader committed suicide and you know what this democrat said to her well um you can choose any school you want your child to Uh, did you not hear me just say i can't afford it so these are the the black and, and and latino and and white parents asians who have come to say we knock doors for you democrats and you've let us down we know the truth now our eyes are open They've been foisting these gender things on us and these these ratios and the da, 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 da. This is not about that. This is about my child and the future of my child. I think they I think Virginia was the was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think yeah. when America saw what was happening in Virginia, mm-hmm. they started seeing it in their own schools and mm-hmm. you guys kinda led the way. Well, yeah. How they ca- say COVID shut us down. No. Yeah. It was COVID policies from Democrat governors yes. that shut us down. And teachers. Mm-hmm. And teachers unions, I should we say. We wanted to reopen the schools in Virginia, and we were told yeah. that we were being racist. We wanted to, yeah. to, to to kill the black kids. Imagine that. I know. I, I just heard, um, I just interviewed uh, 
uh, Ron DeSantis for a podcast mm. that's coming out this, later this week. And we were talking about it. And he said, uh, I had to keep the emergency order alive mm. long enough to get our kids back in school because mm. it was the only tool I had to force mm. the unions mm. to get the kids back, back in, in school. Schools. And now we know the learning loss, which, by the way, was prior COVID. The kids weren't learning prior to COVID. And now we know fully that because we we stayed closed so long in the public schools that the learning loss among black kids and Latino kids is off the charts. It's terrible. And and um, I don't I, what are we going to do? How are we going to change that? So how is how can our listeners help you? Well, folks, these are your children. You have got to vote differently. You can't keep voting the same way, expecting different results. It doesn't work. And so you've got to knock on doors. You've got to look in the faces of Democrats who aren't listening to you and say, I want you to support this ESA. I want choice for my child. I want to make that decision because you've already made that decision for your child. Mm -hmm. It's my turn now. Lieutenant Governor uh, from Virginia, Winsome Earl Sears. You can follow her. Her website is ltgov, lieutenant governor, dot virginia, dot gov. Na, 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 na.